What? Wait a minute, what episode is this? Eight, okay. <laughs> it says it on the dot. <laughs> I was like, I have no idea what episode it is. I'm going in cold. <laughs> Three, two, one. What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode eight of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And Pixelpar. Hey, guys. On this week's show, we're talking about Pokemon, Pokemon, and more Pokemon. <laughs> the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you can hear there in the background, Steve is playing with his Pokemon Let's Go Pokeball Plus. We've all got Pokemon Let's Go on the news. It's the Pokemon Let's Go special. How are we doing this week, boys? First of all, happy Thanksgiving, Pete. Oh, thank you so much, Steve. What We, we were discussing this before the show. What does it celebrate? No one knows. <laughs> no one. No one knows. No one in the world um, knows. Well, if I learned anything from Charlie Brown and the Peanuts, it's uh, Thanksgiving is us celebrating the false narrative uh, surrounding the, the original settlers of this great nation. Where uh, we celebrate a time where we became friends with the Native Americans and they taught us how to make Thanksgiving dinner. And then we eventually (laughs) killed them all. I'm I'm not sure that ever happened, did it? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Some some modified version of that, maybe. But, yeah. um, I was watching, I I was watching Binging with Babish. Do you watch him on YouTube? I have, I have before. He did a special this week on, um, on that Charlie Brown Thanksgiving episode. Oh, really? And the entire time I was just like, I really want to know what pumpkin pie tastes like. You've never had pumpkin pie? No, it doesn't exist here. Oh my gosh. You guys got to come visit me in the States. There's so many things I got to show you. Pumpkin pie is fantastic. What's it, what's <laughs> it like? What's the closest equivalent thing? Does it taste like a, a pumpkin spice latte? That's in my uh, head. That's what I'm imagining it tastes like. It's similar to that like pumpkin spice kind of flavor. Okay. You know, but like it's definitely way like way, way more intense, you know, because oh, okay. it's just pumpkin. And it's funny because the only pie I can think of to compare it to like texture wise is if you've ever had like key lime or lemon where it's like that thick layer of just like it's like a slab of pie, you know, not like with loose fruit in it. So it looks it's hefty. like um, frangipan that you get in a Bakewell tart. I don't know if See, one of those. those are a bunch of British words I don't oh, understand. Okay. So, <laughs> I thought you watched the, the British baking show. That's Sam true, Baker. I do watch Bake Show. <laughs> but like when they say French Japan, I'm like, huh, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> I'll send you some cherry bake quills, you'll love them. We'll trade, we'll trade. I'll send you some pumpkin pie filling and a recipe. <laughs> Oh, so this is not the pie cast, unfortunately. Maybe we should do a spin-off show where we just talk about pie. I'd be down for that. But uh, we are here to talk about Pokemon Let's Go this week. And uh, we wanted to start by with the news that uh, Pokemon Let's Go has become the fastest-selling Switch game of all time based on, based on just its first week of sales. So it's got 3 million copies sold worldwide already, which is wild. Not unexpected, but wild. It's funny, isn't it? Like, that's just a week's worth of sales, and they've already outsold, like, Mario Tennis, 1-2 Switch, ARMS, all-time lifetime sales, just in a week. Mm. And, like, the funny thing is, like, for those games, like, 
they performed like fairly well. Like Arms exceeded expectations, and this is this is how Pokemon did in a week. It, it just it it speaks to something that we've brought up on this show. Like every time we talk about Pokemon in the future of the Switch, like Pokemon is a juggernaut in a way that is not readily apparent until you really look at those sales and you're like, wow, yeah, like it left every other game pretty much absolutely in the dust. I'm really curious to see how many consoles it's going to have shifted in the following quarter now and whether they'll have hit that 20 million mark that they're looking for this year with Pokemon Let's Go and Super Smash Brothers, both console selling games. And I think Pokemon's probably going to be a big driving force for people getting Switches this Christmas. I saw a stat in there, it's Japanese sales, that hardware sales for the Switch tripled when Let's Go came out compared to the week before, a month before, I can't remember. It's wild. It's, it's definitely pushing hardware. Yeah, I mean, not surprisingly either. Like, that's that's something that Pokemon does, you know? Pokemon is one of the few games that people will buy a console for and have. Yeah, it's surprising because when people first learn about exactly what Let's Go was... It was such like a, a negative reaction in general from the Pokemon community. They were really, really dismissive of the changes in the game. But it's, it just shows that even though they've done that and people's first impressions were like that, it hasn't affected sales, really. Well, I, and I, I think that there's kind of like a, a multi-pronged answer to that, where it's like on some level, because I know like when, I, when the announcement originally came, I was very upset about it. And I was like vocally upset about it on Twitter. And everybody in my sphere that isn't a hardcore Pokemon person was really into it. You know, I know one person who isn't a, like, competitive player who really likes Pokemon who was like, I'm not getting it, it's not for me. But every other person was, like, coming at me like, I don't know, man, I think it looks really great. I'm really excited to play it with my kid or my wife or, you know, whoever. And, like, I, uh, I feel like this game speaks to a lot of people that are outside of the core demographic, you know, like it, uh, at least half of the core dem- demographic anyway, right? Like the hardcore Pokemon community, like, yeah, <clears throat> I think we were always going to be a little skeptical or wary about something like this, but the average person doesn't care. And if you're somebody who's, you know, most recent exposure to Pokemon was Pokemon Go and you had a good experience with that, why wouldn't you be excited for this? That was, that was one question I was going to throw out to you. How how much do you think that the Go integration and Go leading up to Let's Go's release has influenced sales from kind of a general audience rather than, you know, hardcore fans? I don't think that Pokemon Go integration is, is a selling factor. I don't think many people care about it, but I think having the Go name in there and people going, oh, Pokemon Go, I've played that on my phone. I liked it on my phone. This is This seems like, sounds like Pokemon Go. I like Pikachu. I like Eevee, I'll pick up whichever one I want and I'll get it on my Switch. And, oh, my kids play Pokemon Pokemon Go on their phones all the time. I'll get this for them for Christmas. And, and I think in that same vein, I, I do think that uh, just the mindshare that Go gave Pokemon helped this. Because I think, like, Pokemon's obviously always maintained relevance to, like, gamers, but it hasn't been part of like the mass culture since the 90s really you know and like kind of the wane of its initial wave of popularity and i think like let's or not let's go sorry go really reignited that at least in the states you know i I think it was safe to say it was a worldwide phenomenon but 
like for a solid two or three months, you couldn't go somewhere without seeing people playing Pokemon Go. And especially if you lived in a city, it was everywhere. Every business had a flyer or an event or something. And it was like, it was a moment, you know? And I think that definitely reignited interest in Pokemon to a casual audience. And I think it's the reason we're seeing Let's Go be so popular, or at least as quickly popular as it is. Mm -hmm. And it's the same reason that we're getting Detective Pikachu now. It's that, like, there is kind of a, like, renaissance going on right now, I think, in the general public's relationship with Pokemon. And this is the perfect game for those people. That Pokemon Go uh, phenomena was here as well. I remember going out with my boyfriend and we were playing Pokemon Go together. And even that alone, I think, was a, was a nice thing that I could finally play Pokemon at the same time as someone else, even if it was Pokemon Go. And with Let's Go, you can play two-player. But we can just, we'll can we touch on that a little bit more later. Um, but I remember remember wandering around town and we sat down just to like uh, near a Pokestop and we looked around and there was maybe 20 or 25 30 people there just all playing pokemon go and it was like that like you said for a solid couple of months and it sort of then fizzled out and i think that's when people were just like oh pokemon go is no no longer a success or people aren't playing it anymore but you look at the sales figures and the download figures it's always in the charts it's always still there it might not be number one but it's always still you know top 20 game uh and revenue seems to be coming in solidly from oh yeah it still makes a ton of money and like to your point Pretty much, <clears throat> there have been several times where if there isn't a new hot game out, it is the number one game. Yeah, Pokemon Go is still definitely a big deal. It's just not the phenomenon that it... It's like Pokemon itself. Like, it still has a community, it still has an install base, but, like, there was... I remember there was, like, in the the original couple weeks, uh, in my downtown area, like, of, of my hometown where I grew up, I was, like, going there because there was a bunch of stops and everybody was like hanging out and it was like a block party and like the first week there was uh like near it was near the like the fire station and the firefighters like brought out a grill and we were like barbecuing and like hanging out and like then they eventually had to petition google to remove the pokestop because there was a fire and there was too many people there when they needed to get their truck out so (laughs) (laughs) that's that's how many people were out like it was it was nuts. So I this is this is cool though. I think it's it's definitely my impressions on Pokemon Let's Go, which we're gonna talk about here in a second, are way more positive than I thought they would be. So I'm I'm glad to see that the game is finding some success. Um and it'll be interesting to see the what the path forward for it is. Overall, I think everyone, I say everyone's, a lot of people's opinions changed once they got their hands on it and actually managed to get to play it. I did a little poll on Twitter and when I first was talking about Pokemon Let's Go, when it you know was first announced and a bit before, um, everyone seemed really like dismissive and upset that we might be going back to Kanto, that it wasn't a big game changer in terms of, you know, Pokemon franchise. It right. wasn't Gen 8 for instance. But then I ran a Twitter poll, I think it was a couple of days ago. So everyone had had the game for, you know, three or four days. And I said, it so it was, you know, the top two were, oh, it's it's what I expected, which is good. And it's better than I expected. And obviously worsens, etc. 85% of the people, there's only about 2,500 people replied, but 85% said it was better than they expected or as good as they expected it to be, which was totally different from the comments and replies i was seeing before it was released 
Yeah, I think the whole narrative really changed about it because the reality of what it is and how it plays is not as... I don't know, I don't think it's as far away from Pokemon proper as it originally seemed. You know, like, I was I was playing it with... Um, with, with a, a friend of mine for, for our Let's Play series, and uh, he made the comment of, like, you know, I really think that the game's marketing did it did it a disservice. That it, it tried to sell you more on, like, the Pokemon Go-ish of it all, when it really is kind of... It's more similar to the, the game's proper than I, I expected it would be. I, I think they did the marketing like that on purpose, though, because... Pokemon fans were going to buy the game anyway. Yeah. And if you're a casual player, you probably aren't thinking, I want to play a Pokemon RPG. But you go, oh, I play Pokemon Go. And the advert was was them like running around outside like they are in the Pokemon Go adverts. And then it goes into the TV and it's sort of like bringing Pokemon Go into the living room. I think that's pretty much the marketing hit the nail on the head of what they wanted the messaging to be rather than, Oh, this is this isn't what the game is, but we're kind of trying to hide it. But I think you can play the game as pretty much just running around catching things if you want. There are battles, obviously, but you can run around and just catch Pokemon in the first area if that's what you really enjoy. Yeah, I, I think the perfect way for them to market it would have been to use the ads, you know, the, the Go focus on TV and in cinemas because that's where the casual audience is, and then done like a, a remake kind of trailer. Do you remember there was a trailer? I think it was a Game Freak anniversary or a Pokemon Center anniversary. And there was a little Pikachu running across old Game mm-hmm. Boy screens and then it went into like the later games. Yeah, if yeah. they'd used that and finished on Go, that would have been a perfect marketing pitch to the, the actual Pokemon fan audience. And they could have just done that online and saved the Go marketing for TV and phone ads and whatever. I think a Pokemon Direct would have been good as well. We've had the Smash Brothers Directs that's pretty much <laughs> left nothing untold we could have had a similar thing with pokemon go showing a bit more of the gameplay and alleviating some of the fans concerns or even with the stuff that they've done on twitter because the pokemon twitter account is really active and like every time they go up to a new game like they give away a lot of stuff going into it you know and like one of the things that i remember seeing that I guess in retrospect, maybe I should have put more stock into was when they made the announcement that red, blue, and green were all going to be characters in the game. Like, that's a thing that now that I'm seeing it, I'm like, wow, this does actually have a lot of things that feel aimed towards me, like towards towards uh, the older Pokemon fan, because like, there's no kid in the world who knows who red blue and green are like green is a character that's only in the pokemon adventures manga which was like only in the states in the 90s you know like those are like deep cuts um and and i think like if they had focused more on that side of things for the web where the hardcore was looking i think that would have like probably done a lot of just for like good faith you know, to like assuage some of our concerns. But to your point, Pixel, it doesn't really seem like that many of us were scared off. Like people are still showing up and buying this thing in droves. And I have a hard time believing that 3 million copies sold in a week came exclusively from casual players or people who are only playing Pokemon Go. You know, like there had to be a hardcore contingency of true blue Nintendo fanboys and girls out there that already own their Switch and have 10 fucking games and are like, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. Greet your teeth. It's got Pokemon in it. Bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought green was in the original Pokemon games. It wasn't just some adventure thing. Wasn't it the Japanese version of blue? You so, it, was, yeah, the, it was red the, and green. 
Yeah, but like Green in this game is uh the female character that was originally in the uh the Pokemon Adventures manga. Okay, so there's two greens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think like they might have called like blue green in the first game, but like I, I feel like even though Pokemon Red and Green are like the original games in the franchise, it's like very much like it feels like they've kind of it's like that's like a it's a forgotten piece of history, really. You know, like, yeah. when they talk about the series, like, that video you were talking about, right? The timeline always starts at red and blue. It does in the US, but imagine if you watch it in Japan, it was a red and green video. Yeah, but in, even in Japan, they re-released red and blue after they released it worldwide and gave them the updated version. Because I don't know if you guys have ever played red and green, like the originals, but they are, like, they're, they're a little bit, like, uh, just, like, jankier. I guess like the art is like very sloppy and like it's it has a very weird vibe to it. That, that was one of my first Game Boy games. I loved it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did they did they do a port to Europe? Did you have a Japanese copy? So <laughs> in the town where I was from, what they did is there was market stalls. They were a bit dodgy, and they used to have carts that were imported carts that were translated so they, they were basically fake games black market carts and they were fan translated but really they just chucked some english words in there so nothing really made sense <laughs> in the games and um but yeah you'd get some japanese popping up every now and again it was the japanese artwork and stuff it's it's a mix of good and bad but yeah i played one of those as well that that's fun. really cool <laughs> yeah i i played green like academically when like I when I discovered emulators as a teenager and I was like, oh, there's like a fan translation of this. I have to try it. And I beat it. And I was like, wow, that was it's weird. It's very weird to have an experience that's so close to what you remember, but just like a little bit off. You know, it's like it was almost like it was like a horror movie experience. Where I'm just like, I have this constant feeling of just like slight unease. <laughs> So we've, we've talked about the sales, we've talked all around it, let's get into our thoughts about the game. Uh, Pixel, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say first, because you have the biggest gap in, in your Pokemon experience, I think, out of any of us, right? Like, you haven't played since Gen 1, right? Yeah, so my gap goes from Kanto Game Boy to Kanto Switch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you, what are you thinking so far? Yeah, I like it, to be honest. It, it's good. It's not amazing, but it's kind of, it fills that HD remake of the original games that I was kind of expecting and looking forward to. It's nice to see the, the world of Kanto remade in 3D, have it on a nice big screen on the Switch, and not lose too much of the original content. You know, sure, we've lost wild battles, but at least you can still catch them. That's probably my only gripe with the game. Um, I do miss that. Because when you're a kid and you're playing like on the on the Gen One first games, you'd get through to for a certain route and you'd be like, "Oh no, these wild Pokemon are chipping away my Pokemon's health before I even get past these trainers." And then that was a fun kind of moment in the game for me because it happened repeatedly and it kind of put you on edge. Now that's gone, it's kind of just like, "Oh, I don't need to worry about my Pokemon's health. I'll just walk through, catch two hundred Pokemon, and then the first trainer I fight, I know all my Pokemon are going to have all their PP for the moves." all their HP, and I'm not going to struggle. Yeah. So yeah, that that's my biggest gripe with the game. Apart from that, I love it. I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's yeah. the music, the graphics, all of that just kind of... 
it, it plays on my nostalgia a lot. Sure. And that makes it more enjoyable for me overall as well. Yeah, I would say I definitely agree with you in terms of my only complaint with the game. And I'm surprised, but my literally my only complaint is I don't like the catching mechanic. You know, it's like it doesn't, I don't think it adds anything to the experience. And it, like you said, it actually takes away a little something. You know, I wouldn't mind the catching experience being go-like if you battle the Pokemon first. Battle mm-hmm. the Pokemon, and then you get the screen where you go well, to the go have you, How far into the game are you? Because that's what it does with the legendaries, right? Mm-hmm. You do it with Snorlax first, and then you do it with the legendary birds and the legendary Pokemon. So, that, so I, that's how it should I haven't be got all the to time. Legendary <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I've only got up to SSN at the moment because I don't have much time to play, so I haven't encountered Snorlax yet. I've, I don't even have Chop yet. <laughs> or Cut, is it? Can't remember. It's called something else in this. I can't remember. Let me have a look. I'm going to find out. They've changed the names of all of the special techniques. So they, it is called Chop Down. Chop Down? Yeah, I don't know why they renamed them all. They've given them all like branding logos as well. It's really quite strange, but it's... There you go. <laughs> uh, me, I disagree with both of you. I really much prefer the way you catch Pokemon in this game. Ah. How could you? <laughs> I An- another hot take from Steve. <laughs> I find it's much less brown. No. Um, I found the the battling mechanic to be very grindy in previous games, and I hated that you would be there, and that's the only way you'd leveled up your Pokemon. And I don't know. I just prefer being able to throw a fake Pokeball at the screen, and catch a Pokemon. It's just something so whimsical and cool about it that just feels... And just imagine you literally throwing your Pokeball plus at the screen now. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much, yeah. Um, But I don't know. I I like the battles. I think the battles that are in there, there's enough of them for me to satisfy my desire to battle with my Pokemon. But the fact that I don't have to battle every single Rattatai encounter when I'm running through some long grass to get to the next area is far superior to me and i can also see i don't want that i don't want the hundredth pidgey i want to be able to catch the nidorina or the uh the diglet or whatever is around i totally agree with you on that the having the pokemon in the overworld is is 100 percent an improvement that's a thing that i i hope becomes in every game because i love it because it's not changing like the um spawn rates really like you're still seeing rare pokemon at about the same percentage but it makes it so much easier to hunt for the pokemon that you want right like to your point if i am in viridian forest and i want a bulbasaur i don't need to encounter a hundred caterpie i can just avoid them that is excellent but is there a bulbasaur in viridian forest there sure is man oh what i've been looking all over for one (laughs) no where where are you in the game right now? SSM. Oh, well, just go back to Cerulean. You can get a Bulbasaur from one of the women in, um, like, in, in Cerulean next to the gym. There's a building, and you can go talk to a woman who has a Bulbasaur, and she'll give it to you. Oh, okay. Like the Charmander. Yeah, I, you found the Charmander. Yeah, I got the Charmander and the Squirtle. Yeah, you can do the same with the Squirtle later on as well. You, he probably has the Squirtle already, right? Yeah, I have the yeah. Squirtle. I just don't uh, okay. Bulbasaur. Yeah. 
Yeah, you gotta go into every house, man. People give you stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh, so wrong, isn't it? Hi, I'm in your house. Give me your stuff. Yes. The Hello, please I give me a free Pokemon for invading on your personal space. The thing I love you love that they give you the most are the outfits. I absolutely love the outfits and uh, being able to customize Pikachu and my character. And even right at the beginning of the game, rather than it just saying, are oh, you a boy or a girl? And it asks you what you look like and having an, a little bit of extra customization there. It's still not enough. I'm still really frustrated by that. Like, it, they've got, they've made it better every game. But, like, just, like, can you just give me, like, some sliders? Oh, you want, you like, know? Bethesda-style make-your-cheeks and your massive nose? And, I don't, I don't like, need it to be, like... Up here. Or maybe like maybe like the me me maker on the Wii, <laughs> you know, you put like put a mole in places. And... I don't need it to be like that in depth, but like I don't know, like I would it would be really nice. Yeah, it would be nice if I could like choose a hairstyle, choose a hair color, choose my eye color, and like you know, like I don't know. I I feel like giving us just a few more options would really, like, make a big difference. Because it feels like very, like, which of these templates would you like to choose? And <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And from there on, you have very little, you know, it's like, yeah, there's these outfits or whatever, but, like, I don't feel like I can, like, really, like, look the way I want to look, you know? And I hate that. Like, Nintendo does that way too frequently. They're like, we're going to give you options, but not any real options. Well, speaking of that, like some of the dialogue in the game is very much like that, and it's one of the things that really irks me about game, like uh, JRPGs in particular. Persona Five did it a lot, where it gives you two choices that are pretty much the same thing, and you know when you click whichever one, you're going to get the same piece of dialogue that comes next. And I don't know why they bother. <laughs> the illusion of choice, man. <laughs> but it's not an illusion. It just I I can see right through it. <laughs> it's like a pane of glass. <laughs> So, uh, Steve, you said you're playing Pikachu, Pixel, and you have Eevee? I have Pikachu. Okay, so I'm the only Eevee one. All right. It's fine, guys. It's fine. We can still be friends. I understand. I I wanted Eevee, but now I have Pikachu. I'm glad I have Pikachu. Why? He is adorable. (laughs) And Eevee's not? You can poke his cheeks, and then he, like, pulls his, like, cheeks as if they're, like, hang. You know, they're, like, red dots on his cheeks and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Really awesome. that, that's another weird thing, isn't it? So you know the Pokemon Play? Yeah. It's something that I was aware of when the game was being announced. Mm-hmm. And it's touchscreen, right? It is on handheld, yeah. Yeah. But nothing else in the game makes any use of the touchscreen yeah. whatsoever. How weird is that? Like, not even the menus. You'd think, oh yeah, the menus, they'd be touchscreen. I assumed they'd be touchscreen because I knew touchscreen was being used. No. No touchscreen at all. Apart from if you want to poke Pikachu in the face. <laughs> that's, it's weird because that that's how it's worked in every Pokemon game. Since the pro- DS. Yeah. Like, and you've been able to just use your directional pad and, and buttons, but like, hmm. you've always been able to just be like, oh, tap, 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 tap. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's weird. Because like, especially when it comes to like organizing your box and stuff, that was so convenient being able to use a touchscreen instead of having to like flick through every Pokemon. Now, I'd understand if they couldn't get the game engine. To work with the switch touchscreen or something, fine, that's fine. But if you're going to show us that it's, you're completely capable of integrating touch controls, don't just not use them for anything else. It's weird. It's it's a weird choice. Um, 
But speaking of which, Pixel, you mentioned uh, that you're I, – because I want to just get like a gauge for where everybody is because you said you're at SSN. I'm uh, going through the rock tunnel right now on my way to um, – on my way to Celadon for the fourth badge but actually going to um, Lavender. And uh, Steve, where are you? I've just done the sixth badge. Okay. I'm so we're – we've got a pretty good smattering. Um, not going to be a very long game club, I don't think. We're going to be done with this one in a couple weeks probably. <laughs> uh I think I'll probably be done by the end of this week. I I think so too. I think by next episode I'll probably be done. Um, but I I mentioned uh, the box just before, and that is actually because I'd like to like touch on what are our because I think we've already hit on the things that we don't like that have changed for the most part. Like I don't have any other complaints. Do you guys? Nice no, magnet, just that catching mechanic, and then the weird touch screen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's this. It's not so much a change. There are some improvements I'd like, but we can we can go into that afterwards. But uh, there's nothing from older games that they've removed, really, other than the battling, right? Yeah, not not mm-hmm. not that I can think of anyway. Oh well, there oh, are. I do, I do have one complaint actually. What's that? Where's Bill's PC? Every time I go into a Pokestop, I run to the right hand corner to change my Pokemon before I completely remember that they got rid of Bill's PC. So I actually think that's an improvement. Like I, I don't. I think that the current like pocket PC system that they have is very messy because it wants to kind of be more usable for the Pokemon Go of it all, where you can like trade in the extra Pokemon for candy and stuff, but. I think not having Bill's PC as, like, a physical place I have to go and being able to, like, cycle through my Pokemon at any time is fantastic. That's something I definitely want. But the problem is, right, in the first game, and this this is probably just me being completely nostalgic again, but in the first game, you'd get free, say, Lewis, I don't know, take Nugget Bridge, for instance, or somewhere like that where you're going through people, and you get to a point and your Pokemon will be chipping away slowly, they'll be losing health. You get to the last person and say you were struggling fighting the trainers. Now you can just go, oh, yeah, I'll just switch that Pokemon out my party. You know, whereas if you're somewhere else and you have to go all the way back to Bill's PC to change your Pokemon, it makes you kind of more strategic in your planning of, you know, where you're going, what Pokemon you're going to take. Making sure you have items. Honestly, though, it would, if you didn't, I think if you didn't know the game now, you would be immensely frustrated as a modern player. There are some things that don't need to be done the the old way, and I think this is one of them. If I if I didn't know the game and I got to the third gym and it was all electric Pokemon and I got there and I didn't have any rock ones with me and I had to then walk out, go to the Poke Center, find Bill's storage system, and then pull out the Pokemon I actually needed, and then go back and do it all again. And then find out that I really needed a fire one to fight um Magnemite. That's, that's fine. Just put a PC in the, every single gym. Done. What's the point? I can just br- click the X button and bring up my box and shuffle around with Pokemon. I get that it's easier. I understand that. But this whole game is easier. It's too easy. And that is probably another complaint I have is that it's too easy. One thing I've even noticed is that it just puts all your Pokemon... It seems, it seems to any for me have put all my Pokemon back up to full health after a major battle. They often do that, and that's something I really don't like. That's like a thing that's a holdover from the last two generations of the of the game. But I think uh, I actually it, I, it's still probably too easy. But this is the most challenging Pokemon game since Black and White. Like the AI is the best it's been in a long time, and I think that uh, 
I've I've noticed like actually having to train my Pokemon as I go through areas rather than like the last game where I was able to ju- I won every single battle I walked into with ease, you know. Whereas like I actually not that I'm losing battles, but I do have to like think about what I'm doing. Or, like, you know, I can't just, like, oh, well, my, the Pokemon I have in front is so powerful, I can just press A through every fight and I'm good, you know? like, And I could do that in Sun and Moon, you know, with the way that the power creep ended up working out with, like, all the XP sharing and all that other stuff. And it's easy to do that in this game, too, but... Yeah, I was going to say, that's exactly how I played a lot of the game, you know, when I'm just trying to get somewhere. It just seems stupidly easy just to tap A to get free to where you're going just battle every trainer the the they're not that challenging i haven't played the last pokemon games like you have so i don't know how different that is but for me it seemed harder in the original compared it, to now it's definitely harder in the original i'm 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 definitely comparing it specifically to the 3ds pokemon titles x and y and sun and moon and then their accompanying shootoffs are just way too easy like this game did a better job of not over tutorializing itself like there are tutorials but i feel like they're less invasive and it's less like let's hold your hand through the whole game and stop you every five seconds to be like hey do you remember where you're going you know did did you know that you need to do this like yeah i I think there are some things that could be improved though in terms of tutorials some things are like told to you quite late in the game like the candy systems told to you quite late in the game when you get, I think, to like the third Poke Center, it's like someone mentions like, hey, you can send your Pokemon to the professor and he'll give you some reward or whatever. So my boyfriend was playing it and he'd played through a decent chunk of the game. And I was like, oh, have you been sending your leveling up your Pokemon by sending them to professor and getting the candy and, you know, using it to increase their stat? Oh, no, I didn't know I could do that. I knew I could do it. I haven't done it. Yeah. Why? I haven't Why haven't you done it? Well, I don't because I don't want my Pokemon to be any stronger. You know, it's the same reason that I'm not like sitting and like catching like 30 pokemon in every section you know like i catch one of each species and then move on because i don't want to like over level my pokemon you know because like every area i'm going into my pokemon are generally three to four levels lower than the trainers and like that's keeping the game interesting okay what about combos then you haven't really done any of those i mean i have but not frequently you know like when i was looking for a bulbasaur I was doing that because I was like, well, I'll change some Caterpies while I'm looking for something else. But yeah, like I haven't I haven't gone past like a 10 chain or anything like that because I'm I'm just not I don't want to do that right now. 10's about where I am, but I really want a shiny Pokemon. And that's you've got to chain them up for to really be within a chance to find one. Yeah, but that's so cool, too. Like the fact that they actually made that like a, a feature of the game rather than something that was kind of working in the back end. Like they did a good job with that. And I, I like the idea of the candy system. I don't necessarily want that to make it into the game proper, but I like the idea of like demystifying EVs and IVs more, you know, like, and like showing people how those like hidden stats kind of work. I like I like the candy system. I like that there are different levels of candy, like normal, L, XL, etc. I think it I didn't know about that. I haven't encountered that yet. Okay, so the low the low candy can be used on any Pokemon, but really it's lower than level thirty. L is level thirty and above. XL is level sixty and above. So it kind of encourages you to use the candy rather than just ignoring it, because when you get to level thirty and level sixty, you can't use the lower level candy anyway. 
going back to you mentioned that they don't really tell you about the candy system until like the third kind of pokey um come with the called now center pokey center um i wonder if they've done that because they want people to catch more pokemon initially before they then get introduced to that system or it's because they expect most of the players or vast majority of the players that are coming to the game have either seen a video telling them about it or are go players and therefore automatically assume it's got go in the name i know it as candies and i wonder if it's also that they want to just like spread the information out because like that's the thing that turns me off the quickest to a game is when i'm trying to play and it's just like hey here's like you know a short article about how to play the game and all its mechanics like no 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 Teach me one thing at a time. You know, like, uh, I know, Pixel, we're both playing Red Dead. I think that was something it did really well. It's like there's a million systems in that game, but it teaches them to you one beat at a time. So, like, you're not getting inundated with information of, like, what do these commands do? And, what you know, how do I do all this crap? And, like, it gives you, it kind of trickles the information to you. Which yeah, is, Red Dead did it really, really well. And you don't even really know it's doing it. Yeah, like you're just playing story missions and you're like, oh, I'm learning how to play the game. Yeah, I'm learning how to hunt. I'm learning how to do bounties. I think Let's Go has done a decent job of that at the beginning. It teaches you how to catch a Pokemon with, when you catch Pikachu or Eevee right at the beginning and then it hops back to the Professor Center. Then you have to go and it show, it, you go to the first Poke, um, Pokemon and it tells you to go back to see the Professor. I think at that stage, that is when, that's a good point where you could the professor could have said oh here's your pokedex and by the way if you catch loads of pokemon send them to me and i'll give you a, a reward that's all it had to be was a an additional line when he gives you your pokey uh, pokedex to say send back pokemon yeah because give, give me mons yeah but, 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 give me like, mons for my meat grinder i think a lot of people <laughs> will play the game and they'll get a, a fixed number of i think it's 30 pokeballs at the beginning and they won't want to use them they'll go oh, i don't want to i don't want to waste all these i don't want to Throw throw all these away, and they won't really catch many Pokemon. Man, to be away. fair though, you should figure that out real quick because the game just hands you Pokeballs <laughs> every time you beat somebody. Yeah. You get Pokeballs. You're always finding them in the field. Like they want to be damn sure that you have enough Pokeballs. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I was using yeah. Great Balls for a little while, and then like just racking them up, and I was like, I have over a hundred Pokeballs, and I haven't bought any. Yeah, I I had to go back and use a load of Pokeballs because I had over a hundred, and now I'm on the Ultra Balls, and <laughs> I forget about the Great Balls. <laughs> <laughs> good old power creep so what control schemes are you guys using to play i so i've played the game uh in for my personal file i've done it exclusively in handheld mode but i like i mentioned earlier i did uh, a let's play series with my friend thompson about it and uh we like because it was in docked mode for the recording i had to use the motion controls and stuff i hate the motion controls they are terrible um, there, it's, it's not, it's not fun and it's not super responsive. The only thing that was cool about it was that in two player mode, uh, which I was playing with him, there's this fun little thing that happens where if you both throw the ball in like perfect unison and like, you know how like you, if you get it through the circle as it's closing, you can get like nice, great or excellent. If mm -hmm. you both get excellent, it does this totally ridiculous like sailor moon cutscene of like your balls <laughs> combining and like getting and it's like it's ridiculous and hilarious and that was the one reason i could find that it was worth it to play it with the the motion controls <laughs> but the biggest thing was 
I don't know if either of you guys have played it that way, but the way they ask you to hold the controller is horrible. It's horrendous. They want you to hold it like the normal way you would hold the Joy-Con if it was on your Switch, but with two mm-hmm. hands. So you have to use the joystick no with your way. left. Like I've been holding it like this. Just like that. That's a piece being fishing. Dude, I don't want to just use one hand. That's so weird. And like, then you just you just go like that. And you gotta press A and stuff though. Like nah, use the ZR. The same thing. No. No. I don't I don't like that one bit. I don't like that one bit, Steve. What about you, Pixar? Haven't you been playing it? So I when I got the game, I was I was out and about for quite a few days. So I mainly played in handheld for probably about eighty percent of my playthrough. So I, d- I didn't get to experience the motion control catching scheme until fairly recently, actually. But it, the catching is just so much easier in handheld. It's less of a chore. I prefer the handheld mode, to be honest, to the whole movement and like catching the, thing. It's just the not, it's gyro. Not thing. Like you really, the gyro makes such a big difference. The gyro is really good in handheld. Yeah, so you just line up the Pokemon to get it in the center. You know. Perfect. It's it's like when the Pokemon jumps out of frame in docked mode, I'm like, what recourse do I have? Like, I can aim the ball, but it's super hard. Like, You have to sort of throw it in the direction. You have to sort of throw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have to, like, flick it in the... But, like, yeah. that's that's so much more difficult than moving your screen and recentering it, you know? Did no one tell you, Pete? You just run over, grab your TV, lift it up, <laughs> move to the left a bit, and then throw Oh, see, that's that's obviously what I was doing wrong. Exactly. Now I know, though. No, neither of you got the Pokeball, then? No, it's just you, Steve, no. that got the Pokeball. Yeah, I how, was... how is the Pokeball? It is incredible. It's really, really fun. And I love playing with motion controls with the Pokeball. It, it, I don't know. It like You throw it. it sometimes, Pete's right, it goes in the wrong, wrong direction. But if you, if you press the, the stick in when it's like centered in the screen, then most of the time it sort of goes in the right place and you can throw it and, and get it at the right time. But it's when you've thrown it and then it like does the the drop vibration that feels like the ball's dropping and then it makes the noise and then it, it if it clicks it the, the light goes green and then it makes the noise of the Pokemon you just caught. That's and, really cool. And the ring goes the color of the Pokemon you just caught. It's it's awesome. It feels I, I, I just I think if I was a kid and I and I was playing with this, it would feel like absolute magic. Like throw a ball at the TV and it catches something that's on the screen. And then on top of that, you get additional things that you can use it with. You can take your your Pokemon out for a stroll or play a, a game with it by shaking it. Um, and you can connect it as a, a Pokemon Go Plus to Pokemon Go. Oh, really? I didn't know you could use it as a Pokeball Plus. That's really cool. It also auto spins for you if you have a Pokemon in the Pokeball Plus. That's cool. Yeah, that's a huge uh, deal. I I haven't done much walking. I it it sort of registers. It's I think it's I think it's always registering when it's moving. You can press and hold the button on the front, and it sort of goes into like a play mode, and it lights mm-hmm. up the color of the Pokemon you got in there, and then you can you can shake it, and it'll make the noise of the Pokemon you've got in the ball. And then if you shake it enough times, it gets really happy and really excited, and the light goes, um, flashes multiple colors. And then when you connect it back, you get candy based on either how much you've walked, how much you played with uh, the Pokemon that you put in there, and how happy they are. And it makes them happier in the game. 
would you say that I think is it fifty nine pounds? Is that how much the Pokeball Plus is on its own? Something uh, like that. It's forty five, I believe. Forty five. Would you say if you didn't get it in the bundle, you would have gone out and bought it if you'd kind of played with it beforehand? You tried it out. Is it worth purchasing separately? I really like it, but if you hate the playing with the motion controls, you're probably going to hate playing with this anyway, because it is still the same. Throw it towards the TV kind of uh, functionality. It's also the only way you can get Mew in the game, um, which I unfortunately didn't manage to get because my boyfriend got Mew out of this ball before I got an opportunity to. Are you kidding? So there's only one (laughs) Mew in these balls. What a monster. I can't (laughs) believe he did that to you. (laughs) And I don't have one now. (laughs) That's like a betrayal. Like... So if you get one, make sure you redeem it before your partner does. <laughs> I wonder how many people are just buying them and returning them afterwards. I, I got to think that some people will. Yeah, you know, because you can put it back in that box and it would look like it was never been used because there's no seal on the boxes. Damn, you guys are giving me some ideas here. <laughs> if one came, yeah, honestly, if it came from Amazon and it didn't have it, I would be so pissed off. So there we go. If, if anyone's thinking of buying a secondhand Pokeball Plus, you're not going to get Mew. I, I reckon there's probably going to be a decent number of people that will just sell these on eBay once they've used it. They'll buy the bundle because I got the and I managed to get the bundle for a decent price. It was seventy four ninety nine rather than eighty nine ninety nine, and I'd imagine a lot of people are just going to sell these on eBay once they've got their Mew. I think the novelty will wear off eventually for me. Um, there's a few things I don't like about. It. There's only two buttons on on the ball, one on the front and one on the top. The top button acts as both X and B. It brings the menu up, but also goes back through menus. The stick pushes in, and that's the A button, so you use it for most things. You can shake it, which does Y most of the time, but there's, I don't know if it's a bug, but there's specific places in the game where that doesn't work. So when you want to find out what a move does, if you just, say, picked up another Pokemon and added it to your party, and you're playing with him to test him out or whatever, and you want to find out what one of his moves does, you can press Y on the Joy-Con to find out what that move does. You should be able to shake the ball and find out. It doesn't work, so there's no way to find out what a move does in battle. If you've forgotten what the move is, you're pretty much screwed when you're playing with the Pokeball. That's annoying. Uh, I hope they fix that. It should just be a fairly simple fix, because like I said, why it, it kind of maps to why in most places, but it does make the menus a little bit more difficult. Like if you want to send, po- if you want to see who's in your party or you want to sort things, you have to shake it in order to bring up the menu to sort it in the, in the, um, in the Pokemon box. And, you know, if you want to send something to the press, you have to press A, then press A again, and then press A again in order to do it. There's a lot of clicking and moving rather than using some of the shortcuts. Like if you want to move a Pokemon in your party, you press the R button on the Joy-Con, the right bumper, and it will move it through, move, move the order in either your box or in the party. In this, you have to click it, you have to scroll down to move, then you have to move it, and then you have to click A again to confirm. So there's a lot of clicking most of the time it's no problem if you're just running around catching and that's what you're doing with it you'll you'll probably have a decent time i think you mentioned this to me earlier but you said you could transfer pokemon to the pokeball plus but if you're using it as a controller and then you transfer a pokemon to it it disconnects is that right yeah so in the save menu you click um take a pokemon for a stroll It'll then say, it then essentially disconnects the ball immediately and says, press a button on the Pokeball Plus you want to connect in order to transfer it. Presumably, 
it's either some technological thing of it's already using the Bluetooth, it's in some kind of controller mode and then it needs to turn into a different mode or they think you might have two Pokeballs and you want to transfer it to a different one or something, I don't know. And then when you go back into the game, it it it, it disconnects again and you have to reconnect it again as the controller that you want to use. So it's not perfect. It is a bit rough around the edges at times. I tell you what, it feels really nice in the hand. It feels so much nicer than just holding a single Joy-Con. It looks nice. Like It looks like it has like a matte kind of finish to it. Yeah, it's like a soft, rubbery kind of finish. I'll tell you what, man. I, as much as I don't want one at all, I saw one at like in a physical store like the day um, the game came out, and I really thought about buying it because I'm a mark. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about it. I was like, I wonder if there'll be any left over because this game seems really popular, but there was a ton on the shelf. And I'm like, maybe people don't want to spend $50 for a rubber Pokeball, and I'll be able to get one on clearance in a couple of months when they're trying to get rid of them or something. <laughs> All they had to do was just put it on a little Amiibo stand, and you would have just snapped it up. Oh, yeah! That's their, <laughs> that's their fault. Like, oh, it's an Amiibo, you say. Okay, well, gotta get oh, it. that's one thing I really want to, I really want to show you, actually. That, have you seen the noise it makes when you charge it? I, I tend not to see noise. <laughs> It makes the noise of a um, of the Poker Center. Oh, really? Oh, really? That's great. That's super cool. It's it's just like it's they've gone all in on the kind of nostalgia for it. I think the fact that it makes the original Pokemon noises and things like that. It means the world to me that they've never ever gotten rid of those like shitty eight bit. Apart from Pikachu and Eevee, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, right. What do you guys think of not being able to use a a Pro controller? It hasn't really affected me because I'm playing it in handheld. It's like I wish I could, but I don't. Know. I I would have been annoyed if, like Pete, I wasn't playing in handheld most of the time. It's it seems like such a stupid thing for them to not include because people are going out and spending like sixty pounds on these pro controllers, and it's a first party controller. It's the only official non Joy-Con controller. And it's not supported in the first Pokemon game on Switch. It just doesn't make sense. And that control scheme already is the handheld control scheme. You use the left stick when you're handheld rather than the right stick that you use when you're holding a single Joy-Con. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate that you're not allowed to just play it in handheld mode, like style configuration with the Pro Controller. Because even the gyroscope, you could use that, right? Like you could just turn the controller and it would work the same way. It's like Breath of the Wild. It just simulates the motion controls you do in handheld i was hoping that it would work because i wanted to be able to take screenshots or videos when i'm playing and there's no way to do it on the pokeball so i wanted to have the pro uh, controller next to me so i could go through the menus maybe use the shortcuts then use the pokeball to catch things because it's, it's a lot more fun um but that's not possible which is kind of annoying i i do wonder if the whole reason that the pro controller is not supported was literally just to push the Pokeball accessory. I hope that's not the case. I mean, it comes up with loads of controller options when you launch the game. Like, what type of controller are you using? They could have just added the Pro Controller in. It's disapp- it'd be disappointing if that's the reason. I, I, You know, if they patch it in in a few months' time, you know, once sales have died down, and... If that's the case, if they patch it in, then I think you're probably right. It would be a big kick in the teeth to a lot of people. Interestingly, you know that, um, that data mind image of the rounded Joy-Con with the D-pad... Like, yes. It, this is what this comes up as. Oh, okay. It's, so I think really? it's just a generic controller image that they're using. But that's what this shows up as. You would have thought they would have put a little Pokeball icon on the Switch. Yeah. 
and people would have found that date in mind that months ago, probably if they did. But yeah, it's this is weird that they haven't. Because even even the NES and Famicom controllers, that if you buy those, the online exclusive controllers, they even come mm-hmm. up as their own unique controller icons. That's really interesting. On those Famicom ones, even down to the fact that one of them has a microphone in, is represented in the image. Really? In the icon. Mm-hmm. Huh. But not not putting that same thought into the Pokeball controller. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Steve, you said that you have gotten to the sixth gym. Yeah. So you're in Fuchsia? Yeah, I'm in Fuchsia, yeah. So have you checked out the Pokemon Go Park? I have checked out the Pokemon Go Park. It's in the Safari Zone. That's a little upsetting to me, but why? Because I like I, you? I love the Safari Zone. Safari what... Zone is still there. You can still have a look at like Volpix and Eevee and all the Laprases there. All the ones that you remember, they're all still there. Oh, but I want to I want to go in and and pay money to have a timer and throw bait and catch a Tora. It's like literally the whole game is just that now. Like the whole game, you catch Pokemon like it's <laughs> like it's that. So you can go in and you can import Pokemon into one of I think fifteen parks you can have up to. And in there, you can import Pokemon from your Pokemon Go game and have either of you tried connecting to Pokemon Go. No, not yet. Yeah. My God, it is the most awkward thing. I heard it's really cumbersome. It is awful. If you don't do the switch, it's either you've got to do the switch first or you've got to do the phone first, but it doesn't really tell you which one you need to do. If you do one of them first and then not the other one first, it sort of doesn't find it. You have to go into the settings on Pokemon Go. It's not just like it pops up and goes, oh, we found a Nintendo Switch. You have to go into the settings, scroll down, find Nintendo Switch, click connect, and then puts it in like a mode where you have to then find the Switch. And it seems to connect via Bluetooth. So you have to have Bluetooth on your your phone. And I've seen some people say if you've got like an Apple Watch connected or a smartwatch connected to your Android phone, then you might need to disconnect that because it can cause some problems. Never doing just, this. Never just, doing this. <laughs> it's just very awkward. And then and then they sort of just go into a park and they're wandering around in this huge open field. It sort of like goes into a weird mode. The menu button's not the same. It brings up another pop-up menu rather than the standard one when you're in there and you can run around and see all the Pokemon playing together. And you can then choose to catch them if you want. That sounds similar to the mode that they had for... I don't I don't remember what it was called, but it was the method by which you could transfer Pokemon from I want to say the GBA games to the DS to ones. The GameCube. No, no, to the DS. Oh, okay. Um I think it was for like Oh, you know what? It was actually from the DS to the 3DS now that I I'm thinking about it. And it might have been the same way for the previous generation as well. But essentially there was like a a a PAL park or something that you went to and it was like you would pick the six Pokemon from your black and white two file or your black and white file and then transfer them over to your DS from whatever means you were doing. And then they would show up in this park and you would go and have like a Safari Zone style interaction with them where you'd throw the ball and catch them. And that was like it. Yeah, and they sort of just sat there in the park doing nothing in this weird, large, open field. Just waiting and, for you. Yeah, they just, like, I, I was walking for a good 15 seconds before I found the one I transferred. I transferred just one slow poke over, because once you transfer it from Pokemon Go, it's no longer in Pokemon Go, it's moved over to Let's Go. So it's, it's gone. So if, you, if you're if you using Pokemon Go to battle in gyms, which I never really bothered with, because all I was interested in was catching the Pokemon, then... um. 
don't don't transfer over anything you know you don't want i did find a uh, was it a meltan yes I did find yep. one of those so i need to find another 99 and then i can get a melmel oh great so 99 more to go and then i can i can have my melmetal you gotta catch them all pete you need it i know and it makes me angry <laughs> Because I was like, you know what? I'm going to fill out the decks. I'm going to do it. Like, I've made a good debt in it. If you're going to do it, you got to spend forty four ninety nine on your Pokeball. Got to get Mew. Damn and it. you got to download Pokemon Go and play that. Yep. I don't want to. I don't want to. Have you seen in Japan they're giving out codes at the Pokemon Center that you can download free gifts? Oh. No, I, I went on the menu and I saw that there was a co-redemption thing mm-hmm. and a mystery box thing and I clicked them and nothing happened, you know. Yeah. But I didn't know what they were actually going to be used for. If Apparently, if you go to the Pokemon Center in Japan in your birthday month from December, you will get a code that will give you a free gift. Cool. So no one knows what it is yet, but we'll find out next month, I hope. So let's uh, get that going at the one in New York, because I can go to that one. Uh, I expect they will. They're going to have to. It's not even a Pokemon Center. Now it's just the Nintendo World Store. It used to be the Pokemon Center back in the day. Back um, when, back during Pokemania in the 90s. Yeah. That do was we like... Even have any? We've got nothing here, Pixel. I was going to say, do we even have any Pokemon Centers in the UK now? Because we used to have loads. I don't believe so. There may be one in London, but I'm miles away and I'm not going to go there. So. If it was anywhere... It's funny, man, because I remember when I went to the Pokemon Center, like when they first opened it, like I remember there was like a commercial for it, you know, on on during the show. And I was like, Dad, you got to take me there because he like worked in New York City. And then one day he like I went with him for another thing. And he's like, oh, we're going to go there. And I like I was like beside myself. I was like, this is like (laughs) you took me to Mecca so I could wail at the wall. Like this is like a religious experience of my young life. (laughs) Have either of you tried trading? Yeah, I've traded a few Pokemon. I haven't yet. How did you find it? Really easy to do. It's fine. So you did it I, nearby or far away? I did it nearby. With the weird choose three Pokemon from the list to do a code, and then the other person has to put the code in. Yeah, my code is diglet, dig, diglet, dig. <laughs> That's great. I uh, did a far away player, and I've done a nearby player. The nearby player was flawless. It was, you don't need Pokemon on the line, and you can just go straight in with the code. Nice. The far away player, I presumed, and maybe I'm just completely naive in this, that it would be restricted to my friends list. That is not the case. I was paired up with a rando when I did Pikachu, Pikachu, Pikachu as my code. And that, that's got to be the default. That's the first <laughs> icon. Tap A three times. <laughs> You're going to end up with some weirdo so, in this Because I, 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 I had my friend online, and I was DMing them on Twitter. I was like, oh, because he, he's got Eevee. And I was like, oh, I really want a Vulpix. I'll give you a Sandshrew and an Oddish and blah, blah, blah. So we had arranged to transfer it, and I said, right, it's Pikachu, Pikachu, Pikachu. It came up, and I didn't notice the username, really tiny, that wasn't my friend. And so I started trading stuff. And, he, and I was, like, offering, like, an Oddish and a couple of other things. And he kept offering me a, a Pidgey. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm not, I'm not going to trade anything with you for a Pidgey. He was like, what? I haven't even turned my Switch on yet. I was like, oh, this is some other person I'm connected with. And I have no idea who this is. Or who this is. It was Exit. Pete. <laughs> it was my evil twin. <laughs> so, yeah, go careful if you're training with someone and make sure it's the right username that comes up if it's a faraway player. Because I was, I, I presumed it would be my friends list, but it's not. That, that is interesting. So is that is that their replacement for Wonder Trade? <laughs> 
I, I have no idea what Wonder Trade is. What's that? I've only played Gen 1, so I'm just staring at him. Oh, oh my god. Both of you guys have that gap. I'm sorry, that was a joke that only the poker fans in the audience will appreciate, I guess. Is that like that uh, weird like uh, pass thing on the 3DS that you walk past someone in it? No, so Wonder Street Pass. Wonder Trades, yeah. yeah, Wonder Trade's something that's existed the last couple generations where essentially you just put a Pokemon, like a random Pokemon up for trade and you get a random Pokemon back. Oh. And you oh, can that's, just I don't like that cuz everyone's just going to put some piece of shit up. Well, yeah, have the, a Rattata. The thing that was cool was like there would be a lot of stuff like that, but like a lot of people who would like be breeding competitive Pokemon would put up their like the failed you know, like, oh, this one doesn't have the EVIV spread that I want, so I'll upload it. So, like, I remember when I was breeding um, for, like, a competitive Venusaur, I wanted one with, like, perfect IVs. So I had, like, probably a hundred nearly perfect Bulbasaurs, and I just flooded that shit. I was like, here, take a Bulbasaur, kids. Let's go. Get a Bulbasaur. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sure I made a lot of people happy. Imagine you walking around in the street now, just like, here, have a Bulbasaur, take this. <laughs> you get a Bulbasaur, you get a Bulbasaur, everyone's getting a Bulbasaur! <laughs> yeah, the trading, trading works really well. I was, I was pleased with how easy it was, and I need someone to give me Hitman, Hitman Lee. If anyone's got Hitman Lee, let me know. I I need to I need to like get one of you guys to sit down and trade me all the version exclusives I don't have. Oh yeah, I still need. I don't know anyone who has Pikachu besides you guys. So. Yeah, I, I'll trade them with you. I st- I still need a few from um from Eevee. Cool. So one interesting thing about these version exclusives is they're not really version exclusives. At least some of them aren't anyway. Yeah, some of them you can get in game. Yeah, which I, I wasn't aware of until I just talked to a random guy and he's like, "Oh yeah, do you like?" Uh, do you like cats or do you like dogs? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, and then he gives you Persian, which is supposed to be the Pokemon Eevee exclusive alternative to Ground. I I did the same thing, and that's how I got Arcanine. Yeah, now I'm riding around on my Arcanine. Did, did you <laughs> either of you get the uh, the Diglett with hair? Oh, you can. Yeah, you can trade for all the Alolan forms. So that's something else you guys don't know about, which is yeah, yeah. in uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. There were Alolan forms of Cantonian Pokemon that were essentially like Kanto Pokemon that had like evolved different features to live in the tropics. So like you can get uh, the Alolan Rattata and he's dark instead of normal and he like stands upright instead of being on all fours. There's the Diglett with hair. There's um, the Alolan Geodude is electric rock instead of mono rock. It's cool. They're the only. Electric. Yeah. Electric Rock, that's yeah. a really good combo. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh yeah, I got the um, the Marowak as well. Oh dude, Alolan Marowak is sick. It's Fire Ghost instead it's of so Ground. Cool. And it's it's really good. And for a while, like during the Sun and Moon era, it was like one of the biggest competitive threats in the game because it was just so tight. I had no idea because she was just like, oh my Diglett is spiky. I, I thought they were all meant to be smooth. Why is mine spiky? Do you want to trade for a spiky one? I was like, yeah, I've got a million Diglett. Okay, whatever. So I had it in my party for a while, and then it leveled, it evolved, and and I pissed myself laughing when it got the hair with his Glorious fucking his Hanson hair. hair. I love, <laughs> I love Alolan Dugtrio. It literally just looks like Hanson. <laughs> I love it so much. It was hilarious. hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing. It was great. Yeah, it's phenomenal. 
Who's the Who's the guy that's obsessed with shorts as well? Like he keeps popping up all throughout the game. <laughs> Bug catcher. Yeah, no, well, it's youngster Jimmy or something. Oh, yeah, and he's that's, like, it's... you can you can stare at my shorts if you want. And I was like, if I stare at your shorts, kid, I'm gonna get arrested. <laughs> it's uh, it's like it's a joke from the original game. Like, there's a youngster in like the that first route after Pewter City, like when you're going towards Mount Moon, and uh, he's in this he's in this one too, and he makes a joke <laughs> about it where he's like, oh, I love shorts; they're comfy and easy to wear, and it's just it's become a meme, you know, just like yeah, man, it's bizarre. It's like I'm- in Gold version, there's a youngster who makes like a Rattata joke that like everybody quotes to this day, where he's like, I probably have one of the best Rattata in the world. I would guess he's in the top percentile of Rattata. It's just like <laughs> cool. Thanks, thanks, youngster Joey. Have you um, spent much time in the Pokemon Play section or customizing your Pikachu or Eevee? No, I haven't really done the the customization stuff yet. Like, I haven't even figured out. Like, don't you just like mess with their hair and that's how you do it? You can, um, you can go to when you get to Celadon. There's the the shopping mall. Yeah. Okay. And you can go in, there's an accessory shop on the top floor. There's a crown for 999999 That's gangster. So I really want that. Want everyone to know who the who the true queen yeah. is. <laughs> but no, uh, the one I really liked was I, I, I opened it up one day and it was like, Pikachu is mimicking someone. And have you seen this? I posted it on Twitter. It was like, it's Brock. <laughs> oh my god you have to you have to screenshot that we gotta put that up on the loot pots accounts <laughs> that's hilarious i just yeah, it was, it was so funny oh my god <laughs> and then he's there like asking me to high five him and stuff like I, i'm a little bit too uh, obsessed with that i think I think it's a bit Nintendoxy, which is probably why I quite like it. But yeah, I mean, I got really into that in a way I did not expect in Pokemon Sun and Moon. Like you can do that with any, with any of your Pokemon. Um, oh, really? Well, you can customize all of them. Not customize, but like the like petting and feeding them and stuff. Okay. And like, I don't know if any if either of you have encountered this yet, but like, if you in- improve your relationship with your Pokemon, it like gives you a competitive edge, mm-hmm. and that was always true on some level. Um, but now it's like you would, they have this thing where they'll be like, oh, like they like held out for that last hit so that you wouldn't be sad or like, yeah, you know, and I've, and like, I've had one where he's like, um, Pikachu avoided it. Thanks to your shout. Yeah. Which that's, that's <laughs> get cool. out the way. Yeah. Move. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's funny. I was talking to, uh, a friend of mine about it and, uh, his sister is playing the game and she's never played a Pokemon game before. And she, she's like 14 or something. Uh, so she was like a little young for the initial Pokemania, and uh, he was watching her play, and she was fighting um, uh, Mewtwo, and and she's she's fighting with her Eevee, and it's got one health, and he's like, Susie, you might want to like switch out your Pokemon, and she's like, shut up, I know what I'm doing, and this Eevee tanks three hits from Mewtwo with one health, just being like, oh, Eevee didn't want you to be sad, so it was like, whatever, and then so she, she catches the fucking invincible. thing. Yeah, right, like, it, it very much plays into Jeez. the mentality of the anime, which is that the most powerful Pokemon is not the one with the best stats, it's the one that you love the most. <laughs> I think someone says that to you in a Poke Center as well, it's not all just about power. It's about love and friendship. What do you think about the, because you've obviously both got the, you've got a Growlithe and a Persian, what do you think of the riding around on them mechanic? Wait, can you ride Persian? Yeah. What? That's awesome. 
Uh, I love the riding around mechanic. It's something I've wanted to be able to do since the original Pokemon, and, like, it's it's fantastic. My only complaint with it is I wish it was consistent. Like, I don't like that, like, when you get too close to a wall or whatever, like, they disappear and stuff. It's like, can we just, like, can I just be on the Arcanine and, like, interact with the world normally? And it's especially dumb. And I haven't done this myself yet, but uh, a friend of mine who's a little further in the game, I was watching him play, and, like, he was riding his Charizard, and, like, whenever you go to, like, jump off a cliff, it's, like, Charizard goes away, and you jump off the cliff and then get back on. He's like, I'm literally flying! I'm flying! Why can't I just fly over the cliff? Come on! Like, I wish they... Have seen the Snorlax one, though? That is precious. Have you seen this pixel? Isn't that where everyone just clings to him? Yeah, they're like stuck onto the front of him, yeah. And like, he goes slow. Like, it's it's actually slower than it would be for you to just walk around normally. Which is, that's the kind (laughs) of attention to detail I'm looking for here. I love Snorlax, but I couldn't deal with running around on him. Oh, yeah, like, I thought I was going to be able, I thought I wanted Snorlax out, and I thought that he was going to be the one, but no. Too slow. I, lo- I love Snorlax. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't actually managed to um, ride any Pokemon yet. I just went straight to SSN, so I haven't tried that out oh, yet. Yeah, I've seen get, videos of it. Get Persian out and, and give them a ride. It's great. You move Do, do you have to learn it, or can you just ride them? Uh, you just ride them, so you get them out of the, you know you can get them out of the ball and the party screen. Mm-hmm. And they usually, if they're small enough, they follow you around. But when they get to a specific size, like if it's a, a Persian or an Arcanine or um, or Snorlax, you can Charizard them. Charizard, yeah, yeah. That just which be, is interesting. That just becomes the default for them following you as you riding around on them, which yeah. is tight because it's like I don't know. That's like that's like one of those like things I've wanted since I was a kid. Right, of just being like, oh, that's that's one of the things that's missing, is being able to, like, I have a Rapidash, why am I riding a fucking bike? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Gen 1 with the flying do-duo. Yeah, it's like, how is this even happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see that not everything's a little white seal now, though, like in the very first yeah, game. Yeah, right. Like, that I'm so excited for, I haven't gotten a surf yet. Like, yeah. Oh god, it's amazing. I, I can't wait. I did have the situation where, well, never mind. That's that's a that's a spoiler. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. Did um, you get the Did you get the sailor outfit, Pixel? Yeah, I'm wearing it right now. I love it. Not personally, it's just so, in the it's, game. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah, actually, in real life, right now, Pixel is just dressed up like a sailor. It's true. It's true. It's a Donald Duck costume. How are you guys finding kind of the performance of the game on Switch? So we've talked about what we like and what we dislike, but what about kind of the way it performs on... uh, Because it's the first console-based Pokemon game that's not a spin-off. So for the most part, it's good. Uh, I have noticed in one or two two areas where I was using a lore or where there was the opportunity for like there to be many, many Pokemon on screen, the game was experiencing some some frame drops and some slowdown. Specifically Mm -hmm. in Viridian Forest, I noticed it. Yeah, that forest is really bad at times. Well, there's that spot at the end where you can have two patches of grass on screen, and I had a lure because I was trying to get Bulbasaur, and it was like, this is untenable. You know, it's like very... uh, messy yeah that was that was the first time in the game because I, I went through Viridian Forest and I got to like because it's just on that bend isn't it at the end yeah 
I got there and I was like, well, that's dropped in frames ridiculously. And I was playing on handheld. I was like, this game, this game's going to have issues. I knew it straight away. I think it's a lot worse on handheld than it is on in docked. Yeah, I didn't notice it undocked when I went through the same part of the game. It's definitely there. Oh, okay. Maybe it was just there weren't enough Pokemon on screen when I was doing it, but when I was going through Viridian, I had, like, in the dock mode, with I had my friend with me, so we had two of us plus our Pokemon on screen, and I had no slowdown at the forest. So it definitely seems to run better in, in dock mode than handheld. I'll be honest, I'm a little bit disappointed with the performance. The fact that they're not targeting 60 frames a second is a bit is a bit disappointing for me, especially when games like Splatoon 2 and Mario Odyssey, which is a significantly better looking game in my opinion, is solid 60 frames a second. There might be a few dips every now and again, but it's not it's not 30 frames a second. And at times, this has got to be dipping down to 20 frames a second in Viridian Forest, and you can really feel it, and it feels it feels laggy. And I don't know why it, it is 30 frames a second. Maybe it's just because they didn't have enough time to optimize it, or they just didn't think it was necessary to kind of push yeah. and target 60. I feel like but in a game like Pokemon, it doesn't matter that much, because there's not really much that's happening quickly. I also wonder if it is a case that this is a port of like the 3DS engine that was always 30 frames a second, and they kind of... It is a 3DS engine that's been adapted. That's what I presumed, and that's probably why it's a 30 frames a second. I hope... For the next game, we see a new engine that does ta- try and target 60 frames a second. Definitely. I think I think that's, in my mind, that's almost a foregone conclusion. It just, it's quite disappointing, though, when, like, fine, it's not 60 frames per second, neither is Breath of the Wild. I still enjoyed that. But when it's a game like Pokemon, it should be a solid 30 frames per second. There's no real excuse. No. For it to dip not, below that is not. No, right. there isn't. And... It is disappointing when I because I started playing in handheld and within the first like fifteen minutes I'd experienced fairly drastic frame drops. So, uh, wh- one thing I will say though that it doesn't affect gameplay. Like it isn't in it, because it's turn based. It's not really affecting the battles. It doesn't ever show up when you're trying to throw a pokeball at the screen. It is just when you're running around. You might get that you accidentally ran into a Caterpie in Viridian Forest when you didn't want one, but. You can always back out of that anyway. It's not real. It's not. It's not mission critical. Like say this was a shooter or a platformer like Super Mario or uh, an action game like Zelda. It is just running around on an overworld essentially. Yeah. It it, do, it doesn't have any real you know impact on the game, but it does. It breaks the immersion when you notice it. Yeah, it takes you out when, of it. Uh, yeah, and surely they could have you know looked at it a bit harder before they released it, patched it up. Maybe we will see a patch, but I don't see any reason why they should should have shipped it with these frame drops in it. There's, it's not a graphically demanding game compared to all the other releases. No, there's, there's no excuse for it. Like, that happened on the 3DS titles, and like that made sense because the 3DS is an old piece of hardware that they're really trying to push to its limits. But like on the Switch, like there's no reason that this game shouldn't be able to be locked at 30. So you said you played it in co-op mode? Yes. Did you notice any frame drops in co-op mode? No, no, I didn't. I did notice that it made the game way too easy um, (laughs) for a game that's already easy. Uh, But yeah, aside from what it does to the difficulty, I I didn't notice any like... But again, I wasn't, you know, I'm playing in dock mode, so like... That is giving me a slightly improved experience from what I was already used to. 
So, like, it could have been dropping frames, but because it was, you know, starting a little bit higher, like, in terms of the fidelity, I wasn't noticing it as much, you know? But I was playing two-player on, like, a nice 4K TV in true 1080, so, and it, it looked sharp. And I was impressed by it, you know, because I think if there's one thing that, like, this has done, it's, like, the art direction is, like, perfect. You know, it looks great, it sounds great, it feels great for the most part. Yeah, I, I was I was definitely impressed by how it looks in dock mode. Yeah, I, I think the game looks really good, uh, you know. The models are really nice. First, yeah, coming from the first gen and seeing it recreated in 3D is is brilliant. The only gripe I have is the character animations are really, really stiff a lot of the time. Yeah. I wish I'd spent a bit of time just, you know, animating the background characters so they were doing a little something of, instead of just standing there like a doll, really. Or I would like it if your character was able to express something be- besides, like, a dead, creepy smile. Like, your character's <laughs> always just, like... Basically a Funko Pop character, aren't they? Yeah, just a little bit. dead eyes, always <laughs> smiling at you. Like, I thought it was funny. Uh, there's that, I don't know if you guys did this, but in Pewter, there's that woman who asks you to, like, watch her slowpoke. Yeah. And, yeah, like, yeah. There's, a, there's a shot of just your character bent over, just, like, staring at this slowpoke. And I was like, this is unsettling. Like, this is just weird. Like, <laughs> It's perfect. Highlight of the game. <laughs> I can't believe I got fleeced as well. Speaking of the character interactions, for ten grand by that fortune teller. What? In po- well, you might find out later on. But there's there's a fortune teller in one of the Poke Stop centers. And um, you, you gave her ten thousand dollars. I gave her ten thousand Poke Dollar Yen things. I don't. To... Mm, that was a mistake, my man. I know. I even bought the five hundred five hundred Poke Dollar Magikarp because I'm a. That I'm one a... I did. Did you? Yeah, everyone does that. That I thought was hilarious because the dialogue is like, you paid an outrageous $500. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I regret it as soon as that came up. I was like, oh, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, but you can get that magic up, chuck it in the day center, and then... Yeah, I got my Gyarados. I haven't used the day center. I, just, I mean, the uh... thing is, in this game with the EXP share, it's super easy to level him up. You don't even have yeah. to, like, do anything. Like, you just ha- have him chill in the background until he's a Gyarados, and then that was $500 well spent, my friend. Yeah, I got my mm-hmm. Gyarados. I used a load of TMs on him. He can do all sorts of cool things. Especially because Misty gives you Scald. It's like, alright. Yeah, Scald's good. Surf is a really good one. He's a physical attacker, though. Like, you definitely want him to have, like, physical attacks. I've, I've got Dark Pulse on there as well. He's pretty good with that one. For some reason, he can do Flamethrower, I think. Yes, he can. I was like, what, it, the, what the hell? I, I mean, he's a dragon. Whatever. <laughs> it's like, it just sucks because it's not a good move for him. Like, his special attack is, like, not good enough to warrant you to use flamethrower it's like man that's why that's why you need the candy pete get that yeah, special attack up but you could put it up but it, like it, like the max potential for his special attack is not very good i like, don't know if there is a max no there is like that's like how that's like so when i was mentioning evs and ivs the candies are for evs ivs are stats that a pokemon's born with that you can't change uh, okay but and then, that's what the combo effects when you you want better better ones you use the combo and it gets that up okay but then there's also the um, just, like, base stats that every Pokemon has. Like, Mew is base 100 and everything. So Mew can, like, potentially be good at anything. But with Gyarados, like, Gyarados is specifically good at physical attacking. And I think speed is pretty good as well. Like, you can look this up for any Pokemon. But, like, you want him to be a physical attacker. 
that's like where he excels. And he has Dragon Dance. So you can use Dragon Dance and like he becomes a really exceptional sweeper. Where it's just like, oh, he's a beefcake and he has good type coverage. So he can just mow through teams. You're in this way deeper than I, than I am. I'm just like, oh, he looks cool. I want him on my team. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm this really cute. I, I know all the science. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here, man. So, talking of moves, I don't know because I've got the Pikachu edition. Um, obviously, you've got EVP. Yes. Zippy Zap is a move that you can learn, and it's seriously overpowered um, to the point where I can pretty much one hit anything with this move. Does Eevee have anything like that? Eevee can learn multiple ones, actually, because it can learn one for every type that it has an evolution for, I think. Like, I, okay. I met a guy who was like, oh, I can teach it a water move, an electric move, or like a dark move. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you oh, sweet. You can teach that to Pikachu as well. Okay, cool. It's the guy in the Pokestop Center, right? This looks like he's dressed like a clown or something. Yeah, he's in like Cerulean or Vermilion or something. Is Eevee's move like as ridiculously overpowered? Mm-hmm. It's like base 90 attack, 100% accuracy, yeah. and it has like a 40%. Yeah, and like a super high crit chance. The electric one has a super high paralysis chance. It's like, it's awesome. It's such a broken move. <laughs> um... But yeah, it's it's interesting with Eevee because uh, in the last generation, in Sun and Moon, they had these things called Z-moves, where you would give your Pokemon an item, like a Z-crystal, and it would give them like a special like super move that they can use once per battle. And Eevee's is called, Eevee has like a special one that's called Extreme Evo Boost, where it boosts every one of its stats by two, so it's like, it just becomes super powerful. So I was like, man, if you could get it with these attacks... With that stat boost, it would be like next generation Eevee might be banned because that could be brutal. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> like that could be insanely, <laughs> insanely aggressive. So we uh, we've talked a lot about Pokemon Let's Go here, and I wanted to just briefly use this as kind of a jumping off point to discuss Pokemon 2019. You know, the next generation of Pokemon is right around the corner, and uh, I'm I'm obviously eager to talk about it, being the inside baseball Pokemon fan that I am, but I'm really excited to hear what you guys think about Pokemon 2019. Like, now that you've played Let's Go, and, and maybe it's, you know, reignited that fire within you again, are you guys excited to pick up Pokemon for the, you know, the next time around, the, the next true generation? Yeah, I am. As someone who's totally lapsed from Pokemon since the first game, Go's definitely reignited the flame for me. And I am really looking forward to seeing what they'll do with, because I presume it's going to be a new engine. And it's probably going to look ridiculously good. What's not to like, you know, they're going to take a, a bare minimum. It's going to be the same as Let's Go, right? Yeah. If you look at the other end of it, it's going to be a hundred times better. It's not going to go backwards from Let's Go, so it can't be bad in my eyes. There's no way they can make it bad. I, I don't. I've never been a big fan of learning hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Pokemon. Um, that's kind of why I gave up after Gen One. <laughs> so it will be interesting to see how because the next game's Gen Eight. I don't even know Gen. I know some of Gen Two. I don't know <laughs> any of the other Gens. <laughs> so if they mix all of the last Gens into this game, that's just going to be a bit overwhelming for me. Yeah, and I think a lot. Plus, like a hundred new ones. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. And that's that's probably the one thing that I'm going to be worried about 
win a 2019 game is do I have to learn 800, 900 different Pokemon? It's a whole new world, Pixel. You're going to be able to learn all of them, discover so many new favorites. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do with a new engine on a home console, basically. So what would you say is the thing you're most excited to see? Like moving into that next generation and like that upgrade. I want to see the possibilities and where they could go with the game from here. As in, they've now got a a lot larger screen. They've made use of that already by adding co-op to the game. What are they going to do in the next one? Are they going to keep co-op? Are they going to make a kind of online, not an MMO, but, you know, an online world that multiple people can go in and kind of wild battle each other like trainers it would do in the normal game? You know, how how ridiculously good or bad is it going to look? Are they going to go down a more realistic route like <laughs> like detective pikachu trailer is that oh, what the yeah, next game is gonna a, be <laughs> i want a furry pikachu can you imagine oh my gosh i, I just want to see what game freak can actually do with a new game a new engine a new gen you know the the potential is huge so i, I just want to see what they can get away with and whether that kind of development is actually too much for them because they've never had to deal with it before you know, it could be a case of we get Let's Go again. Slightly upped graphics, new mons, no catching mechanic from Go. Or it could be a case that we get something kind of like the Digimon game that's coming up, where they've taken it to the kind of the next level compared to the last games and graphics capabilities. And hopefully we might get over 30 frames per second. <laughs> what, what do you expect, Steve? You know, what, you, what do you want and what do you expect? Hmm. I, I I like you. I want to see a new engine. I like sixty frames per second and slightly improved graphics. But I've got no qualms with the visual style of of Let's Go. To be honest, I've enjoyed wandering around. I like maybe more exploration, a little bit more open world, and and be able to wander around. I think it would be cool to have been you know climb up a mountain and find some some unique Pokemon that maybe live in a different climate and things like that around there. Like sort of like Breath of the Wild, where you go up and. Maybe you need to have the right clothing or maybe you need a special technique that you can use up there, stuff like that. That would be good, yeah. Um, I'd like voices or even some kind of acknowledgement. Like even if they just put, say, say for like uh, the professor, just like even in Pokemon Snap, he made some sound. And in this, it's just like Let's <laughs> nothing. Let's begin. <laughs> yeah, just something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? In all the Pokemon games, they've gone down the route of voicing every single Pokemon, but not a single person has a yeah. has an audio track. And it's I, because like people some... aren't important. It's all about the Pokemon. <laughs> Just so, like, yeah, but you know, some some dialogue. They had a whole anime series with people. Those those characters are in this game, Brock and Misty. You know, it would have been nice to have at least something from from them. I think in in Let's Go, and I'd like to see that in the next Pokemon. Uh, and the dialogue choices, like I said before, I think you can actually go somewhere, actually maybe have your choices matter and make a different a different thing. Like that guy that you said you speak to and he's like, do you prefer cats or dogs? It doesn't matter what you say. You still get the same thing either way because it's not available in our game. They always give you the Persian no matter what you say. It would have been good if that made a difference and maybe gave you a different kind of Pokemon. I think that they can do some some kind of improvement there. But I 
you said you you want the go catching gone. I don't. I want that to stay. And uh, when when I say I want it gone, I want wild battles back. They can add. They can keep the mechanic in there for catching aspect of it. No, nope. I don't want. Get it out. It's more of a. <laughs> it's more of a case of I don't want wild Pokemon battles to be gone completely. It's not that I don't like the catching mechanic. I I miss wild battles. I would like to see a mode, an option at the beginning. It's like what what kind of playstyle do you want? Do you want a casual style where you just run around and you catch them, or do you want a more hardcore style where you battle every single person? And uh, you, you, or you battle every single wild Pokemon you come across. I would prefer just to run around and catch them and explore, especially if there's 800 Pokemon to catch. I don't want to be battling all of those down to an inch with, within their life before I can throw a Pokeball at them. It's the only um, way to do it. No, it's not. They, they've proven that with Let's Go, that there is another way to do it, Pete. It's not as good, and it doesn't make any sense. You just encounter a wild monster, and it's like, yeah, no, you don't have to weaken it at all. It's fine. Likes raspberries <laughs> and bananas. <laughs> yeah, have a uh, a raspberry and get in my bowl. <laughs> I think this this sets a dangerous precedent. It's going to teach children that you can just capture wild animals by offering them fruit. You'd be seeing kids running down the street throwing bricks at cats. <laughs> exactly. I think they already do that in some parts of England, anyway. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> she come visit, Pete. It's wonderful. We're all nice down here. No wonder we had to fight for our independence. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, anyway, Pete? What do you want from Pokemon 2019? By the way, I hope they keep... I, I would like that naming scheme. Let's go down a FIFA route every single year. We know we're getting a new Pokemon because they just put the name of the year in it. We don't need colors anymore. Let's just... Well, they're going to run out of them at some point. Let's go to hex codes next. They went in, they went, they went into like semi-precious metals and stuff. Like, yeah. We've been all over the map here. We, we, we did letters. We did red. We did fire red. We did ruby red. <laughs> <laughs> ruby red. How about, what about brown? What about Pokemon brown, Steve? I, what are we I getting that one? I want the brown Joy-Con. I buy it day one. <laughs> uh, so, so for me, um, you guys have hit on a lot of the stuff that is most important to me. I think I really want to see Pokemon realign its core values. You know, I think that for me, like when I think of like what are what are the elements of Pokemon that I think of as being like the most important to what makes Pokemon special. Right, and it's catching cool monsters. It's exploring a world, and it's having some sense of like discovery and adventure. Right, and to me, the thing I want to see happen most is really like a Breath of the Wild style reevaluation of Pokemon, because I think Breath of the Wild did a great job of stripping away like years and years of baggage that Zelda had accumulated and focusing on, okay, what's special about Zelda? And to me, it's the aha moment. And that's all that game is, is, oh, I wonder what's around this corner. Oh, it's a thing for me to do. Or I wonder how I solved this puzzle. Oh, cool. I did that. Like, that's neat, you know? And I think Pokemon really needs to reconfigure its focus on that sense, right? Like the idea of like, oh, I really want a fire Pokemon. I should go to the volcano. 
you know, like, and, and maybe I'll be able to catch one over there. Or I've really wanted this water Pokemon, I, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's like a freshwater fish, so I should go to a lake and see if I can find it there. Like, <laughs> so I should go to the volcano. <laughs> <laughs> How would you feel if they, um, they, like, put gyms in, you know, like the shrines in Breath of the Wild? What if gyms were like that, where you, they weren't in towns anymore? You had to go, like, find a, a hidden dojo. I love that. I see. That'd be awesome. I would. I would love that. And I. I think. I. I think you could even still keep the gyms in the in the sa- the towns and cities and have the in between areas have like side missions like that, where it is you like you dojos, find like you know like you have the dojo in um I can't remember what city it is, but it's the fighting dojo. You could just have dojos around the place, right? And the main gyms that are the big the big bosses that you fight. Or like in uh in, in the second generation in Gold and Silver, there's like a place you go in Ecratique City where it's like you fight these like five sisters that all use diff- the different Eevee evolutions. And I feel like having stuff like that where you're like, oh, it's this dojo and we have this weird thing. Like we, we, we all use Pokemon that do this kind of thing or whatever, like and have like some angle to it that's not based on typing, you know, and uh, and and have it be like a little bit more you know, exploration based in that sense. Something that I've, I've thought about, they pitched this on a podcast I listened to a long time ago, and it's an idea I haven't been able to get out of my head is I would really like to see them do something that is like, like I said, like breath of the wild and have it be like a quest based kind of game and have it be that you're like a part of like uh, a group of trainers, you know, where it's like, Oh, we're like, we're like Pokemon boy scouts or Pokemon girl scouts or whatever. And like, your job is I'm a new Pokemon trainer and my goal is to go out there and complete this, you know, this book of badges for my organization. And like, yeah, going and beating a gym leader is worth a badge, but so is going to this farm and helping them with this problem that they're having. Like, Oh, it's like a, it's a, you know, uh, it's like a ranch where they have Tauros and Miltanks or whatever, right? And they're getting attacked by fox Pokemon, right? Oh, okay, well, I'll go and scare off the predators and help them out, and then I get some milk and a badge, you know? And, like, having more experience, or, like, bringing back the Pokemon contest that they had in Gen 3, and I want to say maybe just Gen 3. But, like, those contests where basically you would, like, dress your Pokemon up and have them go compete in, like, a pageant, you know? And, and, like, you could go and do that in every city and town, and, like, that could be another, like, side thing that you could achieve. And I think, like, doing, or, like, having, like, the Battle Tower come back, or, like, the, uh, you know, the Safari Zone, and, like, having things like that that are non, like, major scripted events that you can just stumble across naturally and being like, oh, cool, like, I'm being rewarded for exploring every corner of the map. And, like, rather than have it be, first you go to this city, and then you go to this town, and then you go to this city, and then you go to this town, I would like it to scale. So that it's like, oh, your Pokemon are all around level 30? Okay, the trainers you're going you're gonna to run into are going to all have Pokemon at about that level. That, that would be really, really good if they made sure that you're always the underdog yeah. in most situations. And that you could elect to go to this, the, you know, big story beats in whatever order you want. You know, that if you are like, well, I want to go to the volcano first, you can do that. And I think like when it comes to the wild Pokemon, they could not have it scale. Like they could have it be like, oh, like they're really high level Pokemon in some areas. So that's a place like you go there and you get bopped and you're like, I shouldn't go here yet. I got to come back. I'll mark it on my map. 
you know yeah that could that could be like the invisible wall in most open world games yeah you can't progress past there because you know like snorlax you know allowed past until you get the poker flute this pokemon's too strong but in the breath of the wild does it a good way as well it's like you can't go up into the mountains unless you have found either you've either got this armor or you've you know cooked something with chilies in and you don't find out how that you can do that until a bit further on into the game so you can you can progress there and you can go there but you know you're going to die very quickly yep and if you're really motivated to go there you can be like all right well i'll just go i'll figure out I'll how to do use, that yeah i'll just eat some food every second <laughs> that my health goes or you go build the armor you know, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. And that's pushing me in another direction. And that could be even a way around the idea of the, like, scaling levels, which I would like. But if they didn't do that, they could easily just have it be like, okay, well, we, you, th- the next city you would go to conceivably would be here. But it's surrounded by a forest that's filled with Pokemon that are all level 40 or whatever. So it's like, oh, well, I'm only level 10. I can't fucking go here. I got to go somewhere else. I got to train up and come back. I, I would love that. What do you want to see from like um, a graphical style? Are you happy with what Let's Go is provided? Do you want more from it? Do you want it to go back to the 3DS roots? Or? Um, I I like the Let's Go style. I think I wouldn't mind a less shibby art style. You know, mm-hmm. like I think something that's like a little bit more. Again, I hate to keep bringing this up, but a little more like Breath of the Wild. That's like a little bit more. Like, it's still that cartoonish style, but with, like, a little bit more, um, I don't know, just, like, a little more artistry to it, you know? It's just, it, get, Breath of the Wild is just, uh, Ghibli. It's a Ghibli. Yeah, like, it's, it's it. very... I, I'd totally like to see it, like, the, the anime, and if they can get it a little bit closer to, kind of, a drawn style. We've seen that that's possible with that, um, Dragon Ball Fighters. Sure. Yeah, and, like, I think something like that would work for me. You know, like, I think where we're at right now is not far off from where I want to be, because I think the Pokemon models look great already, and I think I like, I like the way that most things look, but I think the world still, like, Breath of the Wild feels very alive, and Pokemon's world doesn't feel that way. It still feels kind of, like, sterile at times, you know? And I, I wonder if, like, changing the camera perspective would help. Like, instead of having a top-down, like, maybe it's time for us to go third-person. You know, and no, have I was it. about a moving I camera. Mm, I was about to ask that, because I saw a lot of people complain that Let's Go... say a lot of people. I've seen some people complain. Oh, that no, Let's there was, go. like, a Reddit mega-thread of people bitching and moaning about that. A fixed camera angle? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I, I'd be interested to see it take, like, a... Again, using your reference, Peter, Breath of the Wild kind of camera angle from third person just behind, but 3D able to rotate. Yeah, because like there's there's I don't I don't think that there could be a game moment that would be more exciting to me next year than if I have that a Breath of the Wild style moment where I get to walk up like a hill or something and get that first panoramic view of the Pokemon world and I can just see oh, there's this stuff off in the distance. I can see a mountaintop I can go climb. There's this over here. And then within that shot, you just see Pokemon everywhere. You know, you see Pokemon in the trees. You see, you know, uh, birds flying by and, you know, whatever. Like maybe a dragon up on the mountain or whatever. Like those those things that I can physically see them waiting for me. And like that moment of like, just go. Go explore. Go see what you find. Start your Pokemon adventure. Like, that's the moment I want. 
you've just made me think what if they they won't do this but wouldn't it be great if it was a huge like open world like breath of the wild but the location you start the town you start or the house you start in is randomly generated so you're just everybody gets a different starting Ugh, point that would be awesome. different different first pokemon different and the game scales everything else relative that'd yeah. be amazing yeah but do you see any of this happening though because i i don't unfortunately that, I, I see... that was gonna be my next question so what do you guys realistically think will happen i think we'll get a slightly nicer looking pokemon let's go style maybe 60 frames a second i think probably it'll be a little bit longer it might be a little less linear like you can branch off and do gyms in maybe any order that you want rather than having to go in a specific fixed order and i think they'll add the battle mechanic back in and it'll be a you have to battle every single wild pokemon but i don't think that it'll be a massive departure from what we've got this year so it's hard for me to say because pokemon is in an interesting spot and i think if i if my experience was the same as as you, you two i think i would probably feel the same way but i i do feel like they're at a unique crossroads here because pokemon sun and moon were the biggest departure for the franchise since the original game like they got rid of gyms and replaced them with you know the um like island challenges which were essentially a similar idea, but the execution was very different. And the game was super linear, more linear than Pokemon's ever been, like, while also, like, really pushing a narrative and a story and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's weird because I don't know if they're going to double down on some of those things or if they are going to strip some of that stuff back because I don't think it's been as popular as they might have anticipated. But I think they've regularly said that with Pokemon moving to the Switch, that is a console game, and they see it as a console game, and that the way that they make a game is going to change. So I do think that we're going to see some big departures for Pokemon. I just don't know if they're going to be the ones that we're anticipating. You know, I think that this game is going to look and feel different in certain ways, but I wonder how much. Because even Sun and Moon, which was filled with major shakeups for the series, it was essentially different shadings of things that we'd seen before. And... They've expressed that they don't want to do that. They've expressed that they want it to be bigger and different and change what Pokemon is, but I don't know how much they really are going to do that. I don't know how much they're really capable of doing that. It's interesting, isn't it? Because there's only so many things you can change about Pokemon before it's no longer Pokemon. Does that make sense? Yes. So you can make the world bigger. You can add more monsters, but you obviously can't change the fundamentals of what makes Pokemon a Pokemon game, which is essentially a bug-catching game with battling. Yep. Those so things the need things, to stay the same. Yeah. So the only things I can really expand on is the world, the story, online, and other player interactions. So I can only see those kind of three or four things being where they're going to improve upon. Yeah, they can up the graphics. Yeah, they can up the frame rate. But realistically, it's always going to be the same game unless they expand into one of those new areas. Which, which do you, which do you think is more likely? I, I, I really know? do think making the game world more open and experimenting with non-linearity are the way to go. Because that's, that's a way that you can change the goalposts for how the game is played and how you advance and what you feel while you're playing without getting away from the core mechanics. 
So uh, I think that about wraps it up for this conversation around Pokemon Let's Go and the future of Pokemon. If you guys want to let us know what you're thinking, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, what are you thinking about Let's Go so far? What's your biggest wish list item for Pokemon 2019? Let us know at uh, by writing into us at potscast at lupots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at lupots.com. Hit us up on Twitter at lupots or visit us at lupots.com. And let us know what you're thinking about this or uh, any other episode that we've done on the podcast so far. We'd love to get some reader mail in here to uh, to read it up on the air. Uh, so if you guys uh, want to write in with your thoughts, uh, maybe we will give you a little bit of airtime next week. Please, somebody take me up on that. I've offered every week. Just do it. Okay, someone did. I just forgot to tell you. Damn it! <laughs> Come on, Pixel! <laughs> next week, we're going to do some reader mail then. Okay, awesome. So uh, thank you guys so much for joining us here on another episode of the show. We'll see you next week. Thank you.